Hello and welcome to the Wounded Under Shepherds podcast. Thank you for joining us today. This is your host, Dr. Bill Scott. In previous podcasts, I've touched upon the importance of dealing honestly with your pain. The scope of this podcast is to help pastors who have been traumatized deeply at the hands of people in the church. And I'm not talking about those everyday experiences that most every pastor will encounter at some point or another. In the last podcast, I spoke about the first step toward healing. I provided suggested homework to write out the who, what, when, where, and why of your wounding. Such an assignment is too much for one sitting, as my precious wife reminded me that each phase of healing takes time. And as we discussed it among ourselves, my wife had some good insights to to, uh, uh, recommend in that regard, that each of us, uh, it takes time for each of us in our process. So while the homework that I offered in the last podcast uh, is a good framework for beginning to deal with your woundedness, even each of those steps uh, will take time. Uh, So as we think about being wounded as pastors, and again I mean deeply wounded, um, there are no quick fixes uh, to deep trauma. And uh, as I've stated in previous podcasts, I uh, certainly uh, know very well that I don't have all the answers. But I pray that some of the things that, that I share from my own experiences will be helpful to you. If you are new to this podcast and this is the first time you've listened, I encourage you to go back and listen to the original and some of the earlier podcasts that are readily available to you. But perhaps you're wondering what I mean by by deep trauma. Well, without sharing too much salacious uh, details, I do want to share some, some true stories without using any names, locations, or such. Allow me to share just a few examples. Uh, In my ministry, I encountered one young pastor uh, that uh, found himself and his family literally being threatened with physical violence by some of the people in the church. And no, it wasn't an exaggeration. It was a literal and real threat. Needless to say, uh, this young pastor and his family lived in complete fear until they uh, could find another place uh, to serve. Um, Another pastor I know very well uh, had his home violated multiple times over the years. People going into the parsonage or whatever you want to call it, the manse or whatever, Anyway, there's nothing that wounds a man more than to have the sanctity of his home violated. And knowing that it is being done by someone in the church. Uh, so that, that's another uh, story uh, that I know firsthand. 
Lastly, uh, another one that I will share is of an elderly pastor, actually my home pastor, of many years ago. He's already gone on uh, years ago to be with the Lord, but he served in a church faithfully for more than a decade. Yes, he was getting up in years, but he still was going well, had good health, good mental faculties, uh, and so forth. Uh, only to find himself uh, being uh, voted out of the church because they wanted younger and newer blood in the leadership. I saw firsthand the devastation that this brought upon that beloved brother. And there are multitudes of stories out there. Uh, maybe you are one of those stories uh, who have been wounded very deeply. Dealing with our trauma isn't easy, and it isn't for the faint of heart. But by the grace of God, we can move toward healing. If you're willing to do the hard work of dealing honestly with your pain, having known the pain of uh, some of those experiences myself, uh, and having known the pain of, of having those whom you have loved and served uh, in the church turn on you like a rabid animal, uh, it can only result in wounding people whom you've loved and given yourself to. You've uh, perhaps spent countless hours uh, in hospital waiting rooms or uh, in surgery waiting areas. Uh, you've, you've gone out in the wee hours of the morning to, to minister to someone in, in crises, uh, only to have these people turn their back on you and actually even intentionally seek to do you harm. Uh, unless you're a robot with no feelings, uh, you cannot help but be wounded. I want to read Psalm 88, uh, a portion of it, and understanding, of course, it had an original context. I share this psalm, uh, or a portion of the psalm, for the simple reason to see if you can relate to any of the feelings of the psalmist anguish. Granted, your context is totally different than this psalm, and then this psalm uh, but the principles uh, you may find yourself relating to rather well. I'm going to pick up in verse 9, reading from the New King James Version. The scripture says, My eyes waste away because of affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon you. I have stretched out my hands to you. Will you work wonders for the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise you? Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave? Or your faithfulness in the place of destruction? Shall your wonders be known in the dark, and your righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But to you I have cried out, O Lord, and in the morning my prayer comes before you. Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I've been afflicted and ready to die from my youth. I suffer your terrors. I am distraught. Your fierce wrath has gone over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They came around me all day long like water. They engulfed me altogether. 
loved one and friend you have put far from me and my acquaintances into darkness. Now, as I said a moment ago, the context of that psalm is totally different than your context as having been a pastor who perhaps has been deeply traumatized or uh, put out of a church uh, not due to any kind of moral failure or biblical theological failure on your part. You've been faithful to love the people of God, to serve the people of God, and to proclaim the truth of God's word. And yet you find yourself... uh, being discarded like a piece of garbage. Unless you're a robot, you can't help but be wounded. So maybe in some ways, you may have gone through that feel, those, some of those feelings, feeling like, God, I'm crying out to you, but you're not answering me. Uh, I feel like I've been cut off, and, and so forth. Uh, having... Uh, known those kind of feelings, uh, the anguish here of the psalmist uh, is is, uh, good in the sense that we can identify with those feelings if we're honest. When you find yourself uh, discarded uh, for no legitimate reason, it's difficult to deal with all that raw emotion. I know pastors are supposed to be spiritual giants with Kevlar shields, But the truth is, we're human. To pretend to be otherwise is uh, dishonest, quite frankly. So not only is healing a choice, healing takes time. Healing is a process. All healing comes from our Lord. But you and I have to be willing to face the truth of our woundedness. Again, as I said in previous podcasts, don't make an idol out of your wounds. Don't make an idol out of your woundedness. Not at all. But we've got to be honest. If we expect to heal and to move forward and to be effective in God's kingdom, we've got to deal honestly with our wounds. While going through the valley, uh, the Lord indeed is with us. But there are certainly times when we feel abandoned, when we feel alone. We wonder, Lord, where are you and why did this happen? And, uh, you know, we can ask the why questions. uh, But uh, ultimately we have to choose to give that woundedness to God. And we have to keep giving our woundedness to God. In the crucible of our suffering... God is working uh, to use us in a greater way. At this point in time, if you are freshly at that point where you have just recently been uh, voted out of a church or what have you, uh, then such thoughts are absolutely ludicrous perhaps to you. Uh, Such a foreign thought that God uh, would be able to use me uh, in greater ways. But the truth is, as we bring our complaint to the Lord, as we uh, begin to own the and be truthful with God and ourselves about our wounds and our woundedness, it is there that the Lord can pour in the healing ointment. But it is a process. Indeed, all healing comes from our Lord. But we have to begin the journey of healing by first owning 
the truth of our woundedness. Giving our hurts to the Lord in our gut-level feelings, the psalmist David, he, he used the idea of pouring out your complaint before the Lord. And quite honestly, we have to keep pouring our complaint out before the Lord. Because just as a flesh wound, a deep flesh wound, doesn't heal overnight, it sometimes it may take weeks or even months, depending upon the depth of the wound. Um, you might ask, "Well, how long will that? How long will it take?" As long as is necessary, and it isn't a once and done thing. But there is a process. We have to deal honestly, and we have to continue to deal honestly with those raw emotions. So I encourage you to, to write down all the emotions that you find yourself dealing with. Now, what I'm about to suggest is going to be scary for some of you, because uh, there'll be all kinds of red flags going up and bells and whistles going on. But hear me out to the end. As we begin to deal honestly with our pain, uh, we have to confess that honestly before God. So if you're angry, if you find yourself having feelings of hatred, feelings of resentment, and maybe a million other negative, raw emotion feelings that may be involved, God already knows. God already knows what you're feeling. God already knows what you're thinking. So, at this point, you may be experiencing conflicted feelings. Thoughts of shame or guilt may besiege you. After all, Christians aren't supposed to be angry, are they? Paul said to be angry but not to sin. It is not a sin to be angry at evil. It is not a sin to be angry at injustice. Jesus got angry at injustice. You say, oh, but I'm not Jesus. Well, true, you and I are not Jesus. But when we have been faithful to proclaim the truth of God and to love the people of God and and shepherd the flock of God faithfully, and uh, we receive a knife in our back, or uh, slit our throats, or whatever imagery you're accustomed to, whatever colloquialism that works for you, you get the idea of what I'm saying here. It, it, isn't, a, it isn't a sin to be angry at being treated unjustly, by people who are supposed to be God's people, but who are living, who are actually doing the work of Satan. Because, brother, if you have been faithful to preach God's word and to love his people and to serve his people, no, you're not going to be perfect. There is no such person on this earth. Jesus was the only perfect person that ever walked this earth. But if you love the Lord and you have a desire to honor and glorify Him, it is not a sin to own the truth of your anger by being mistreated. Now, I'm not talking about self-righteous anger. I'm talking about legitimate anger that we should all experience when wrong is being done. And so, 
It is not a sin to be angry at injustice, but it is a sin if we allow that anger to fuel up in us a desire to get even or to strike back, to retaliate. Yes, that's of the flesh. Certainly, we have those kind of feelings. In fact, again, without naming names or locations or when this happened, but uh, I went to seminary with a with a brother who was pastoring a church, and he got so angry at one point, um, an altercation uh, with a group of deacons in the church, and he literally took a golf club and almost beat one of the deacons to death. Now, certainly that was wrong. No way in the world could you justify such anger. But it's sad that we as pastors find ourselves feeling guilty if we're angry over legitimate injustice. That brother was wrong for what he did. He should not have done what he did. But he should have been angry if he was done unjustly. Okay? Another thing, it is not a sin to hate evil. It is a sin to hate people. And that's the rub, isn't it? It's We've got to differentiate between hating evil versus hating people. And what does the biblical definition of hatred mean anyway? Uh, it is uh, the desire, just as agape for love means that we desire and seek the good of one another as believers, hatred is just the opposite. Hatred is the desire to see harm or evil come upon people. Now, if you've been treated unjustly, if you have been done wrong, uh, you've been faithful to do God's work, and you've been given the, the raw end of the deal, it is not a sin to be angry at being treated by evil actions or injustice. But it is a sin if we, if we act upon our anger. God is the one who will bring uh, justice. Okay? Pour your complaint out before the Lord. I've, I've already said that earlier. Own the truth of your woundedness. There is no shame in naming a spade a spade, if you'll pardon the, the pun. As pastors, it's common for us to stuff our emotions. After all, we're supposed to be the spiritual leaders. We're supposed to uh, be above such feelings, but the truth is, brothers, we are human after all, and at the end of the day, whether we want to admit it or not, unless you're a robot, you have feelings, okay? Healing takes time. Find outlets for your wounds. If you enjoy nature, go hiking, go biking, go swimming, go canoeing, go fishing, Go bowling. Just there, There's a multitude of things you can do to help relieve some of the stress. And as I said earlier, I don't have all the answers and don't presume to. But we know our Lord does. And our God invites us to cast our care upon Him. 
you say, but Dr. Scott, you don't know what I've been going through. You don't know how people have mistreated me or my family. No, I don't, but God knows all about it. And I could tell you some stories that would make your hair stand up on end that my family and I have experienced in our own journey. But at the end of the day, God is faithful. So if you're at that point where you're angry at God, and what I'm saying to you makes no sense at all, or maybe even angers you more, it's okay. It really is. Healing takes time. But I encourage you to start the journey. Wherever you find yourself, start the journey. Let me pray for you. Father God, you alone know our makeup. You know our emotional realm. You alone understand us from beginning to end more than we even understand our own self. Lord, we are frail. And Lord, when we've given our best that we know how to give, we've loved your people. We've served your people. We've preached your word, Lord. And we've known those moments of the spirits moving in our heart and in our mouth as we stood and proclaimed your truth. Lord God, and now we find ourselves perhaps in a bitter situation of being cast out, of being mistreated, of being unloved. Lord God, it hurts. I pray for my brothers, whoever they may be, Lord, that you would Speak to their heart, even if they're angry at you at this point, even if they are, are furious. I pray, Father, that you would, in your tender mercy, just deal with them. May they come to know, Lord, that when it's all over and done, if they have been faithful, Lord, that you will reward their faithfulness, because you are not unjust. I pray this in Jesus' strong name. Amen. God bless you. Until next time.